everyone, and welcome to Paul and Moses Play, a celebration of games and play, and a deep dive into video games and what make them so special to us. I'm your host, Paul Berberich, and with me, as always, is Dr. Moses Wolfenstein. Hello, Moses. Hello, Paul. We are back. We are back and loving it. Man, things are good. We were just touching base before the pod. I got some live music in my ear holes last night. It was fucking fantastic. Ozo Motley had a month-long residency at the Venice West. Uh, my childhood friend, Stacy, came into town for some family event. And, uh, you know, Angelica and Stacy and I went and saw them in a small and intimate and fucking awesome venue. It was so rad. So... Definitely some some good life moments uh, going on there as things are kind of approaching a crescendo in academic semesters here. And Helic is like finishing up her MFA and kind of closing in around the corner of the end of, uh, I mean, it's not, not quite as close. It'll be a early mid-June, but still. Um, on the on the funny side, I've got a lot of faculty who are trying to finish some some professional development hours and they're now starting to panic and email me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I mean, that's not really bad for me. I, it's kind of like, I mean, you all have been told about this for months, but it's all good. It's all good. I'll help you get through it. It'll get done. How about, uh, how about in your end? Uh, yeah. Loving the spring time here. It's finally kind of sticking around. Um, took a nice long walk uh, to the bookstore yesterday and just the sun on my face just feels good. All you know, right. which, uh, which bookstore? Um, it's the only one close, really, aside from half price books, which is great, but sure, it's mostly used. Um, that would be Barnes and Noble. Ah, in the uh, being in in the dismal East Town Mall. Oh yeah, quite dismal. Uh, not not the best of malls. No, as even as malls go, it's it's not. Uh, it's a not the shabby. worst of of malls, but no. uh, yeah. Um, it's, uh, it's West Side counterpart. I don't even know if that thing's still up at this point. That had gotten pretty decrepit by the time I left town. Yeah, and it speaks volumes that uh, I'm having trouble even like. Okay, it took me a minute to even like envision it in my mind. It's like, oh no, it's massive. It's still there. Yeah. Yeah, I gotcha. Yeah, yeah. A little kind of lower lying, but yeah, yeah. low lying mall ahead. <laughs> right. That's Darth Mall after he. Yeah. You know, oh wait, I don't remember if you've. Uh, ever indulged in uh in, in clone wars i haven't i i doubt i i ever will yeah okay he makes a reappearance in spite of what would seem like that would be impossible from the uh conclusion of uh of phantom menace in spite of what it seems uh yeah actually in spider is fairly accurate <laughs> yeah 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 i've seen images of the uh the cyber mall cyber mall uh yeah which yeah. coming soon to uh you know to a to vr headset near you yeah, yeah. <laughs> um and speaking of of commerce i finally got myself a switch yeah so uh, you're prepping for some link uh some prepping. some zelda type yeah. action yeah yeah because the last time this happened you know i didn't have a switch and i ended up waiting uh i think a year mm -hmm. uh well not by choice but you know having to wait a year um and I, I avoided a lot of spoilers but i definitely missed the zeitgeist and the holy shit new zelda let's explore you know and i wanted to be in on the ground floor and also uh advanced wars uh finally got released i'm like okay, Ooh, okay there's a game i actually in addition to zelda would would be interested in um uh and i'm not sure about that it 
once I started playing it, I'm like, oh, you know, I don't know if I ever actually really liked these types of or this specific specific uh, series. Um, <laughs> it kind of just frustrates me. Uh, but you know, uh, it, it'll it'll be there. Um, I'd probably be playing a little more of that if it weren't for the fact that I sort of accidentally inherited my old uh, Switch library, which okay. I wasn't yes. expecting to happen when I imported my Nintendo account. But it did. Um, and the previous party uh, is okay with uh, with that, and so oh, well, I guess that works out for you. Uh, yeah, just all of a sudden, bang! I've got you know, Baba is you, Wilmot's Warehouse um you know stardew valley like a ton of of good stuff uh, so you had stardew on that platform yeah and i've played a bit but there's so much i haven't played i really should try that game again well i really uh, should try that game except that like uh i've got a couple of friends playing it currently yeah and it's um I, I wouldn't say i've been warned off i've actually been told to play it but i've been given the advice that uh, you will probably just play Stardew Valley for a minute once you start, and yeah. uh, I've got too much on my deck right now, anyway. So, right. So I'm yep. going to wait on that, but I am looking forward to checking it out. I feel like Stardew Valley might actually be the game that finally makes the Animal Crossing style game like extra click for me. Yeah, because it's got a little bit of uh, well, it's got a little bit of an RPG system, if I'm not mistaken, kind of strapped onto it, right? I think so. Yeah. 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 And uh I don't know. Look at uh Farm RPG. Uh having a leveling system does wonders for your <laughs> engagement, even right. when you don't want it to. Uh and not in the case of Farm RPG, but I would say even when the game is not good, having a leveling system can push your engagement a little further than yeah. uh than it might otherwise. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've been enjoying that. Uh load times are a thing again in my life, which I had sort of forgotten about. Like, oh my god, what a momentum killer. Just like ugh, slow oh, screens. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, but uh so yeah, I've been playing some Mario Odyssey, which I've you know already played through back uh when I got my old Switch. Um and it's still fantastic. Um and uh and yeah, I'll have a little little bit more to say about that. Um otherwise got up to some wind jammers with an old friend who I hadn't seen in a while. And just blew the lid off it. Like we were laughing, yeah. we were trash talking, uh, we were jumping. We were uh, playing uh, couch uh, locally. Yep, couch locally. Yep. I do think that might be one of the things that has been like we've had some enjoyable play with it, but I, I feel like we would probably get a lot more out of that game if we were able to, to you know, um, you know, slap each other in the head. No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> full contact video games, people. Right. No, no, we don't encourage that around here. But yeah, unless you're playing Johan Joust, and then that's literally it. a full contact video game. Well, actually, no, no, it's like a partial contact video game. It's more, you know, it's like basketball versus football, right? You know, you have contact. You're supposed to have some contact. You're really not supposed to tackle the other player. It's, I mean, right. among other things, you would instantly lose. True. You're not unless even supposed really to hit good. the other player. Um, right. <laughs> yeah, it's regrettably happened at least once. Right. Um, yeah, I think that's, uh, pretty much it for me on, oh, you know, I also downloaded the, they added some old games, uh, since I'd had a switch, including Game Boy Advance games, including mm. WarioWare Mega Micro games, which is like my favorite shit ever. Um, nice. And so 
You did yeah. what I love about about that at one point, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, what I love about, or it's on my my ranks, or maybe it's yeah. ranked, or maybe um, it was both. I don't remember. <laughs> yeah. So it's been fun, and just having a Game Boy Advance game like blown up on the TV and like big sound and like it's nice. it's cool. Yeah. Do some things like do older ROMs like that load pretty quick? Yeah, those are those are pretty pretty fast. Yeah. Yeah, it's trying to play any more contemporary game where you're going to hit that load. Uh, yep. Oh yeah, right on. Well, for me, uh, as you know, due to uh, and I think I teased this maybe on our on our last ep, uh, due to Infinite Cities Blazeball, as Blazeball continues to be down, doing their uh, alternating feature of a video game book club, um, they decided they're going to do Titanfall two, mm-hmm. and um, oh my fucking god, how did I sleep on this game? I haven't finished it yet. Because uh, I haven't had a huge amount of gaming time since our last episode, which is like only like a week ago, actually. I think literally a week ago. I think we're actually back to being on track with a week, um, which is kind of exciting for us <laughs> here at Paul and Moses Play headquarters. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I, you know, I could save this for a what I love about, but I'm I'm not going to do that. I got a, another quick thought for that today. Um, uh, so I just wanted to mention it up up here up front that like it was. Uh, in PS4, uh, PS monthlies, at some point after I started playing Apex, which I think the only reason I slept on it was probably because I was just playing too much fucking Apex. There's a really, really good chance that it came out at some point when, like, literally the only gaming I was doing was Apex. And yeah, I'm almost done with the Apex season battle pass, and I would have finished it up, uh, except that I started playing Titanfall too. Um, spicing it in with a few other things um and yeah this game isn't that long so this was just like midweek and then i had the guests in town so you know some non-gaming days in the mix um but holy shit it has the best the best first person platforming that i have experienced since portal 2 which is to say since portal for all intents Mm -hmm. and purposes um as i was just uh mentioning to you pre-pod um i'm very very critical of non-2d like 2d platforming can kind of suck and I'm a sucker for it. I'll still like enjoy it and make excuses for it or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, 3D platforming, whether first or third person, uh, I'm hypercritical of if it feels wonky. And, um, you know, with Titanfall 2, and I'm only playing the campaign mode. I'm not even trying to jump into the multiplayer, which as far as I know is still broken with bots. Um, like, it's so slick that when I fail, I feel like i only have myself to blame Mm -hmm. there's none of this like i blame the system or i should have made that it's just like well that was obviously wrong i obviously jumped in the wrong place or whatever um it's just great it's absolutely fantastic the story's fun so far it is kind of a funny contrast to apex where they went super hard on representation and you've got this really diverse cast and fall two you're definitely like (laughs) joe blow white guy (laughs) but um yeah but it does happen and, um, you know, I- I'm going to finish it up probably between now and our next episode. This game has hit me so hard. It's definitely going to jump into my ranks. It's not going to like, I don't think it'll break like top 20 or anything, but uh, but I'm like itching to finish this game so I can rank it um, before uh, I then get back into Outer Wilds, um, which my only, my only downside really about uh, Titanfall 2 grabbing me like this is that I wanted to push forward on Outer Wilds. I know that that's, they're kind of a similar playtime estimate of like a 10-ish hours for somebody like me not even trying to be a completionist but like you know the completionist playthrough mm-hmm. on titanfall 2 is supposed to be like i don't know 12 or 15 hours or something like that mm-hmm. i'm sure outer wilds is going to take me a little longer than it will to to wrap up titanfall 2 um 
But uh, but then the other only other curveball in here, preview of coming attractions, is that um, I read the liner notes. I haven't listened to the ICB episode yet because I want to finish the game first. Uh, but the liner notes say that their next video game uh, book club game is going to be Disco Elysium. So I'm oh. definitely going to take another detour that might take me uh, away to some extent, um, you know, from from pushing forward slash finishing up outer wilds. I'm so far from finishing it, as you know, from our previous app, but, yeah. uh, but, uh, but yeah, because I'm like, Oh, great. I now have a, a strong excuse to, to dip back into disco Elysium and I am super happy to take the excuse. So, uh, yeah. you know, that's mostly what's been up with me, a light gaming week in terms of the time, but an intense one for the passion. Yeah. Nice. Um, with that, then I think we'll press ahead to the first feature of the show. It is time for Game Ranks. And what do you have this week, Moses? What I have for us this week, Paul, is a game you and I have both talked about ranking a fair bit. And uh, I'll just get a little auditory welcome. I don't know if you're hearing this. Are you hearing this? I'm hearing it, but I'm not seeing it. So my mind. Yeah, good. Is... That's okay. It's okay if you're not seeing it. Is this Monday Night Combat? Yes, it is. <laughs> nice. And our audience is not seeing me headbanging because this is just, just such a like it's so metal. Wow. It was funny. I was like, I seem to remember this game having a dope intro track, and then I was like, wait, what is it? Let me let me see, because I couldn't remember it. And I pulled it up, and I was like, oh yeah, that's right, that's Monday Night Combat. Sure enough. So yeah, I'm gonna rank up Monday Night Combat finally this week. I was looking at a long list of things that didn't seem to break from each. Uh, many of them didn't seem to break and differentiate from each other too too much. Especially mm -hmm. hard when you got a fresh game you're playing that's like really. And then I was like, you know what though, Monday Night Combat, and not Super Monday Night Combat. I'll rank that eventually, but for me, it's nowhere near as good as mm -hmm. the original was just like such. It was so fresh when it came out. So coming in at number 78 for me after Archon, the Light in the Dark and before uh, Carcassonne for iOS, uh, Monday Night Combat. So that was uh, we played it on Xbox 360. Mm -hmm. um, it was released uh, back in August of 2010. Wow, that's so funny. So I jumped into it a little bit after that because I was in transition um, in August of 2010. Uh, mm -hmm. Just a couple months later, I was like settled into my new place on the east side of Madison. And you guys were all fucking talking about this game um, and what a game it is. It did something that um, so obviously uh, the kind of the Dota style uh game was in in swing at that point in time league of legends was like and I, I don't know if league of legends is truly a dota like but i think it is i've never played dota and i've barely played league of legends yeah. um it, it, league of legends is one of those games that's like hey arguably speaking moses why isn't that going to be ranked by you someday it's like maybe eventually but i've played it for like three hours and was like nope not for me um but monday night combat on the other hand was app Absolutely. Not just for me, but for like our crew at that time. Um, and so so taking that that Dota like attack, the base, uh, the money ball in the case of Monday Night Combat, mm -hmm. uh, the opposing team's money ball. But then doing this really funky thing, because this was also in vogue back then of tower defense and being like, well, what if we put like a little tower defense mechanic <laughs> into what's otherwise a third person shooter, uh, you know dota like and um 
it, in a way, I would say uh, drawing from Team Fortress 2, presaging or in continuing the hero shooter uh, evolution, I suppose you might call it. Um, but they were called uh, the pros in Monday Night Combat. And, um, you know, a very streamlined set of options. It didn't get busy like a lot of things have gotten uh, later. Like everything has gotten later with trying to, you know, keep releasing new character classes to keep you engaged. And yeah, it's very much a League of Legends uh, thing as far as I, I don't know. I feel like they get credit uh, or blame or both um, for really introducing that uh, monetization and or engagement strategy of like, oh, hey, we've got somebody new. You want to try the new person? Mm-hmm. Um but, you know, you had your assault, your tank, your support, your assassin, your gunner, and your sniper. Um, I think at the end of the day, I was probably um, probably just assault wound up being my default more than anything else. Uh, just a lot of versatility with the assault class. Uh, good speed, relatively easy to play. I wanted to be good with the assassin, but I wasn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's one where, like, maybe I'd be better now, but back then, definitely... Uh, not not so good. Um, and, uh, you know, no clear, uh, like the support was not a classic. It was not like Team Fortress 2 Medic. It was not like a classic uh, kind of healer class, although it had some of that capability, if I'm recalling correctly. Um, but, uh, you know, I don't have too much more to say because the game at the end of the day boiled down to some, some fairly straightforward, simple mechanics. Uh, a fun concept, um, you know. You you sent the bots out to attack, right? There's something I'm missing in terms of the uh, the tower defense esque angle of it is having the build mechanic uh, and doing your spend that way. Like you had choices to upgrade your. I think you could upgrade your your character in addition to upgrading the, uh, you know, your bots. Um, I think so. Yeah. I don't think that was just a Super Monday Night Combat thing that you could actually. Yeah, I'm positive because. I'm looking at the classes and I'm remembering some of that. But, uh, you know, it was just a very clean design. Did something novel at the time and really fun and got a lot of us going on it for uh, in in a moment, a gaming yeah. moment that um, that I will always enjoy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you put it well. Um, actually, a, a few weeks back, I caught up with another old friend, uh, Brian, uh who brought up monday night combat he was because i'm like oh yeah i do this podcast and like he remembered you and that we would play that together and i remember being the gunner uh and maybe it was rob digman giving me some sick heals yeah and you had some sort of alt ability and i just remember just with support yeah laying fucking waste with the with the minigun with that guy um the gunner definitely um you know, I liked what they did. They separated out, looking kind of to TF2, the heavy, into where you've got the gunner and you've got the tank, and they're not the same, right? right. Yeah. Most yeah. excellent. Yeah. Um, I'll have to add that to my unranked list as well. That was was a good pull. There you go. Um, well, yeah, also, I might give you some uh, inspiration in the not-too-distant future when you're feeling a little vacant on what, what outranks something else, you know? Yeah. Um, Dipping back into the past for me as well, uh, as I've got Mario on the brain these days. Um, this week for my number 81, I've got to give it to New Super Mario Bros. Wii. Um, nice. Which Ooh. brought uh, Mario to uh, four players. At, well, you know, it was a classic Mario side-scroller. 
but now you've got four players and there is collision, meaning that yeah. you can't all stand on the same space at once, uh, leading to untold numbers of accidental or not so accidental. Or not deaths. so accidental. John. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, and you could pick people, you could just straight up pick someone up and throw them off a cliff if you want to. You know, there's nothing uh stopping you from that. And just that first playthrough, um, it was with uh Wendy and uh my my brothers, my two younger brothers, and yeah. you know, the fights and the the triumphs and mm -hmm. finally just having a Mario game that you could all play at once and all fuck around with each other. Yeah. And uh, you know, you could bubble up if you wanted. Uh if you were about to fall, you could you could bubble and then you need someone else to break you out, which right. would lead sometimes to like everyone bubbling. And mm -hmm. then you're all just floating there until you get like the game over <laughs> sign, right. you know. Right. Um and Yeah, I remember that being a controversial thing at the time. Bubs. Like design wise, the bubbles, yeah. 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 I they, they ended up taking it out of future games um you like float in on a bubble but there's no way to intentionally bubble um, right but um and I'll, I'll never forget the there's sort of a battle mode um and it was funny because it started starts you off in the classic battle mode stage and then we play that and then you see that like the ground is smashable mm -hmm. so then i like smash to the ground and then there's this whole other stage and it was like holy shit you know so kind of a different focus. It didn't quite have the longevity of battle mode proper. Sure. Um, but, uh, you know, it's been a, a while since I've played it and it kind of blends in with the other 2D Marios. You know, like looking back, some of the stages are are a little bland just because it was the first time sort of with them experimenting with this. Yeah. But um, I also remember really inventive levels like the platform you're on can only ha handle so many things at once. So you're having to like chuck enemies or again each other off of it in order to keep going and or a um, bubble would have been the proper or, or bub, hey, yep, whatever bubble. yeah yep yeah yeah um so yeah <laughs> gotta hand it to to new super mario bros on the wii uh for my 81st game of all time man that's clicking in on my unranked list i don't know why i didn't have it on there because it's actually some of my favorite mario experiences probably it goes in the i didn't have a wii and so you yeah. haven't played it top to bottom, but I've spent a fair amount of time with you after your first playthrough mm -hmm. uh, with probably mostly like uh, just uh, three playering it. But uh, definitely I, too, have some memories, though, of playing with at least John and having some troll action going on. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, so, yeah, that is my rank for this week. Uh, moving on in the show, it's time for what I love about you know paul this is going to be a real short one for me one of the things i've done in the last two weeks when i've been dipping out of other games is um throw dark souls 3 in ah. and um what i love about lothric and lorian in spite of the fact that i have not beaten this fight um is a couple of things one is that it's like i'm coming back to old friends <laughs> They're like, it's not a healthy relationship, but like, right. there they are, you know, and like, I know the dynamics of this fight and I know I will beat it someday. And, um, and that's, I mean, that's the thing is that like, I felt like I was, had so much good momentum going with Elden Ring 
until I got to exactly where I am right now. Mm-hmm. And maybe there's somewhere else I need to go and try, but um, the fights in Elden Ring I'm on, I, I will get through them eventually. But man, it was momentum sapping. The fire giant is momentum sapping for me yeah. right now. Yeah. You know? Um, and so weirdly, when I'm wanting to change it up and get a little from soft in the mix, I'll spend 15 or 30 minutes throwing myself, uh, myself, myself <laughs> at well, in succession. Ultimately, there are multiple of me. And it's a, you know, there, there's a, a vision for you, Super Meat Boy esque, watching your multiple attempts at Lothric and Lorien. Oh, God. <laughs> I like it. But, uh, but yeah, throwing myself at, uh, at that fight and it's, it's satisfying. And then at a certain point I go, okay, I'm not going to do this today because I'm just not spending the time on it right now, mm-hmm. but it is, it's like, it still feels attainable and I know I'm going to do it. And who knows? I mean, I might swap back to Elden Ring for my FromSoft game, uh, as I continue to, to kind of push forward. And I know I'm going to, I'm going to work through these games eventually, um, when I don't have quite so many, probably when I don't have quite so many other enticing things, uh, or I might just, um, stumble forward in Elden Ring and find a find a path to um scale a bit, you know, that uh that I'm lost on. But yeah, you know, there's a lot to love about Lothric and Lorien. They're just they are a really well designed fight. Yeah. Yeah. Um I wonder if we could get up to some more stuff in Ashes of Ariandel. Because mm. we were rolling through there and then something we stopped. But That's we were right. making headway. I don't, there's no way we finished it. I remember we were running around the forest. Yeah, we did the bottom boss, the uh, one who with the giant wolf. Yeah, yeah. What a jerk. Yeah. Anytime they make you kill a giant wolf, I'm like, <laughs> right. dude, why did you have to have a giant wolf? Couldn't you right. have had some like a giant snow crab or something? <laughs> Never mind killing a crab. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're immortal. They can handle it, you know? Yeah, there you go. Um, wait, wait a second. Yeah, we're all just going to become crabs eventually, anyway. So that's what I'm hearing. Yeah, yeah that's the, that's the word. Uh, we should we should find out. Let's find yeah, out. Yeah, we where... should poke back. We should poke back into that for sure, and then you know get you some more levels. Because that know. might be a big factor is just stacking my stamp pool a little bit more as yeah. as a glass cannon, uh, just to be able to literally survive like that one extra hit. That that might be the biggest thing that is holding me back from finishing that that fight, as you alluded to some episodes back. Yeah, Fire Giant is pretty reviled uh, 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 from these casual to semi-casual players like ourselves. Yeah. Uh, so that doesn't surprise me at all. He's a fucking bastard. <laughs> He's just hard, and it's like the previous bosses. Your uh, you know, whatever your your rune leveling process like scales pretty nicely and maybe you need to detour a little bit and go hit a dungeon or something but then you hit him and it's like wow i feel like i need 10 more levels and you hit him and then you you hit the floor yeah yeah Yeah. or the air briefly before you hit the floor as he shovels you with his shield right yeah yeah man um i'll get back to him it's cool yeah Cool. Well, uh, for myself this week, as I pull up my own musical cue, is uh, going to be Mario Odyssey and the Steam Gardens. Ooh. 
great little musical fake out there. Yeah. And then into one of the uh, catchier tracks. That is funky. Of the game. Um, and something I didn't know, this apparently Koji Kondo did not write a ton of the music for Mario Odyssey, but he did write this track. Which really? uh, maybe speaks to why it speaks to me so much. You just that intangible Kondo-esque nature. Yeah, and yet you wouldn't guess it necessarily. Right. It's not like, oh, well, you would from the intro. Right, right. Um, but um, what this brings me to is the happiness of a Mario game. And mm. most of the games I play, uh, I'm either running from a giant man in a trench coat who's trying to rip me apart, or I am a failing uh, consciousness inside a robot shell trying not to starve to death. You know, or I'm a depressed alcoholic cop. Um, or even something bright and colorful, uh, such as Kenna. You're going after dead kids' ghosts. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. But Mario, no, you want to be a T-Rex with a mustache. You want to be a, a cheap cheap. You want to just run around a level, being happy, buying costumes, listening to the music ad nauseum. Um... Most definitely. And it's just, uh, it's another flavor that I don't, that isn't often like front and center in my, my gaming time. Yeah. Um, and it's just, uh, it's just a happy place. Um, my one gripe on the music is that you cannot turn it off. <laughs> you know how I feel about that. I do. Uh, especially I'm like, I, I really want to like, these levels are big, they're chock full of stuff, but I'm listening to the same music on a two-minute loop, and I just can't, can't do it. And the fact that they don't let you just have the option, like give me the option, or make it so that you have to play a level for 20 minutes before it gives you the option, or something, like, sure. It's baffling, and I think, yeah. You know, like, even just the option for it to like stop for a few minutes right. and then it creeps back up on you would I think yep. probably be like, which incidentally, anyone out there doing audio design on game, steal that by all means, I encourage yeah. you to. Yeah. But only if your music's good. Right. <laughs> Otherwise, just give us the option to turn it off. Yeah. And also, since this is so catchy and I'm on this level right now, like, man, talk about earworms. It, it can be real dangerous, so uh, before it gets any more dangerous, we'll fade us out. Uh, and that is what I love this week. Paul, you're real lucky that I still haven't gotten to the point where uh, I've got a setup where my keyboard is just like plugged in via my mixer, because I would have just jumped on there and gone to the organ like... I couldn't have done the guitar part, but I could have gotten that organ like just a right. little lasando right. into that... Yep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and finally, we get a, a new musical term. It's usually arpeggios or leitmotifs, but now we have sure. glissandos. I'm adding a glissando to the mix this week. That's Hell right, yeah. people. Hell it's yeah. what pianists do when they are bored. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty. Well, what we do when we're bored is move to the next feature of the show. We it's sure time do. For Tell Me About... And this week, Moses, I have a, a, a two-parter. The first part is a prep for next week. Uh -oh. uh, you could, I'm sure, come up with some things uh, on the fly, but I, I wanted to give you a little more time to let the gears 
turn. So last week we were talking a lot about memes, to-do list with a kitty cat, and a meow That's meow right. meow, and a meow meow meow. I think this is the uh, oh, and I'm a kitty cat. Yeah, <laughs> this is my first time using this to-do list here, but it okay. seems like a worthy thing. So give me yeah. the prompt so I can meditate on it. So uh, we were talking about memes, and I was talking about my own personal memes that we that we have, and some of which I will share next week. Um, but I wondered about your Moses memes when it comes to little turns of phrase. Uh, for me, it's a lot of things I say to my cat uh, that are uh, sure. some sort of like video game quote or something uh, that you've sort of memified in your own brain and that just comes out or, or stays put, uh, but is unbidden. It is just there. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll have to give that some thought because some of my, I, I've got like some real obscure, um, obscure memes that I use semi regularly. Mm -hmm. um, I'll give you an example of one, but it's not not game related, right? Which is why I'm going to give you this example, and then I'll I'll give some thought to this because I'm sure there are some, and I just need to think on it. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, definitely, I will say, and sometimes it's us, which is actually a reference to the Max cartoon um, okay. or comic book. Yeah. Um, you know, in which the police come around the corner as the Max is monologuing out loud. Mm -hmm. And he's saying, and sometimes it's me. And then the police, <laughs> sometimes it's us. Um, so, <laughs> okay. you know, and it's like, it is such a deep, random fucking quote that there's no way that anyone in their right mind should know what I am referring to. So I know what you're referring to when yeah. you're saying, give some thought to some some games memes that uh, flow in my mind. But meanwhile, uh, what do you want me to tell you about this week? Or, or it could be even like media memes in general too. I don't think no? okay. we have to be well, too there, there you go. There's, but... there's a teaser for you all for next week. But yeah. I'll try and focus on games since uh, a game yeah. that plays the our focus here, but others acceptable. Okay, noted. Noted. Uh, uh... That would be good too because like uh, I might have some audio cues to sure. cue up to give you the reference of where the fuck my shit comes from. Yeah. Uh, well, for this week's tell me about proper, uh, I would like you. Well, you've had two children, Moses. Congratulations. Okay. Um, wow. They might be twins. Uh, who knows? Uh, and we're, I mean, you can interpret this however you want. I'm going slightly heteronormative with it. One's a boy, one's a girl. Okay. Um, but what I'd like is for you to name them, but they okay. have to be video game references. Oh, but they also shit. have to be like ones that you would, like, if you really had to do this, you know what I mean? Not just like, oh, you're named Bowsette, you know, uh, like, I don't, or maybe I should have yeah. given you time for this one, too. This one might be a tall order, but no, this uh, is brutal, but it's it's typical <laughs> brutal for the podcast. It's yeah, not yeah. something where I'm going to be like, oh, man, I forgot about X, Y and Z. That would have been really fun to talk about. Right. Mm -hmm. Which, like with your meme prompt, I think definitely fits in um, in that zone. And um, I was I was going to ask for a first and middle for each as well. Wow. Okay. Okay. Kids' names. And if you want to take a minute, I can always uh, edit around it. Kids. So. Kids' names. And uh, I mean, there's some interesting flexibility. And you want, but if there's a middle name, they should first and middle should be uh, should in some way, shape, or form be a be a game's reference. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't want to cheat on this. There's easy cheating that one could do. Mm -hmm. Um, in the sense that, uh, you know, there's plenty of game characters with perfectly normal, boring names out there. Right. Um, but it's more like 
my parents chose to name me Moses, which is pretty fucking out there. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, by some measures, um, and, and you know, it, it was challenging as a kid and then you, you grow into it and it's good, mm -hmm. uh, to have a, an interesting or unique name. I'll tell you, I, this might be a little almost conventional at this point, but I think I might have to follow Robin Williams lead. Ah, yes. Yeah, you, you had a feeling I might do this mm -hmm. um, for a girl only because I feel like Zelda Wolfenstein yeah. Yeah. is badass. You know, that actually really flows uh, nicely off the tongue. And no, I would not name her Zelda Samus or Ron Wolfenstein, but it would be tempting. Zelda Contra Wolfenstein. <laughs> Contra, Wolfenstein. Contra Wolfenstein. No, that seems a little weird, actually. Um so yeah, I, I before I uh, spend too much time trying to come up with with a middle name, let me, you know, I'm gonna take a look here at like revisiting, revisiting some ranked games mm -hmm. to consider. Um, why not name a child after the Onion Knight? Because Sigmeyer Wolfenstein is a dope fucking yeah. name. So, you know, I'm going to shy away from getting into middle names. We're going to go with Sigmeyer and Zelda Wolfenstein. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's fun. You are definitely going to get hit with uh, with child names at some point down the road. I've, I've got a growing list of uh, at least three items at this point of questions you've asked me. I'm going to hit you back with. Oh, oh actually, I guess I've definitely, yeah, I've, I've definitely uh, done one of those already. So, yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So Sigmeyer Wolfenstein, uh, you know, of, uh, <laughs> I, see, I was contemplating Logan for a second, which wouldn't be a bad name, but, uh, you know, people might think that I'm like Logan Paul, like naming my child after an internet celebrity fuck that that's not happening, you know? And Who's Solaire Logan? doesn't. Oh, big hat Logan. Of course. I was thinking big hat Logan, so, unless yeah. I just name him big middle name yeah. is hat Logan Wolfenstein. Logan Wolfenstein, Scott, really, I think your last name really does a lot of work for you. It does <laughs> a, lot a lot of work. A lot of good work for it, you. It yeah. does a lot of work for me. And I mean, Patches would be great, but that's more like a nickname that you give your kid and you don't tell them why. And then later in life, you realize they learned that it was because when they were two years old, they were a real jerk. They kept kicking you off cliffs. They put they kicked their 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 sibling off of a couch, uh, right. you know, that led to a hospital visit. And after that, you started calling them Patches. <laughs> Well, Paul, I'm going to take it in a, a starkly different direction. There's something that came up recently on Reddit that's a bit of game theory. And instead of doing this as a what I love about, I thought I would do it as a tell me about because I think it works better this way. Um, are you familiar with Clint Hawking's concept of uh, ludonarrative dissonance? Or you yes. might be familiar with it outside of him having framed it in particular. But just for your background, in case you weren't, uh, and more importantly for our listeners, in case they weren't, um, he came up with this term on a playthrough of Bioshock and and blogged about it. Um, would you like to let the listeners know uh, in in brief what ludonarrative dissonance is? And then I'd like you to give me um, one of the times where it hits you really fucking hard. Yeah. So ludonarrative dissonance is when your character either, uh, you know, whether it's compulsory or or not, I would say normally it's it's optional. 
but when they do something that uh, they wouldn't do, they just straight up would not do. Um, It could be a little broader than that um, in, in terms of the design of the game. And it, it really can only apply to games that have a big narrative that have like a story that they're telling. Right. But yeah, where like the game is compelling you to do something that just doesn't fucking fit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I can think of a few examples like that are, that are sort of genre based. And I think where, where it rears its ugly head Sure. um, all too, all too often. And one of them in particular, I can, I can specify, but um, actually I'll just, yeah, I'll just cut to the chase. Uh, Fallout Yeah. 4. Okay. Um, whereas before the Fallout games were some of the most immersive I am this character and these are my choices and I am making my way and Yeah. I'm doing this because like uh, because I want to and because it's what the character would do is doing etc um, Fallout 4 I'd like to revisit especially now that I have a console without load times it'll make Sure. the whole thing a lot less painful Yeah. um, but that game had a very disappointing story um, and you know mild spoilers for For you, because you haven't played it at all, right? No, Okay. no. Fallouts And this is, are a hole in my gameplay. yeah. Um, Fallout Um, 3 did not appeal to me when I watched other people play it, like, at all. okay. At all. And so I never wound up on any of the Fallouts. Yeah. I have appreciation for them from a design standpoint without having, you know, the first hand. But go on. Yeah, I think you'd like them. Three and New Vegas are, are pretty stellar. People Actually, tend shit. to hold up New Vegas specifically as the... I got to rank Fallout 3. Ho! If I haven't already. Um... I don't think But you anyway, have. uh, and this is just story spoilers for the the premise of the game, which is really the most flawed part of all. You wake up from uh, cryo sleep uh, after I forget why, but you and your wife and child were frozen, and then something goes wrong, and you wake up and they are gone uh, from their cryo sleep pod. Or no, I think your wife is dead and your son is gone, um, and from there it's like. okay, I'll go build a village for 20 hours and I'll go bop around doing fuck all uh, just because instead of where the fuck is my son? Oh my God, this is the most pressing desire. So like <laughs> yeah it can really, because the game isn't forcing me to not mainline the plot, which is what the character would do, but I yeah don't want to do that. I want to be able to leisurely explore the wasteland, do my own thing. yeah But I have trouble with that because in my head, it's like, well, my son is out there. And therefore, I cannot fully lose myself in the character because the character is acting in a completely nonsensical Wow. way. So if, like from step one, you've Exactly. got Pluto narrative dissonance. That's actually a particularly striking example for that reason. Yeah. Yeah. And as someone who really wants to settle in and like be the character, like Citizen Sleeper is a, a great example. Like everything you do is like serving... the primary needs of the character. And then there's these options from there, but they all feed back into what this person is actually trying to achieve, which is some, some sort of, of freedom. Um, Yeah. and so I'm particularly sensitive to looter narrative dissonance. Uh, and yeah, Fallout 4 was a particularly egregious example. Yeah, it just becomes that compromise. If you're going to continue to play, you need to basically discard the narrative of the game, right? Mm-hmm. It, um, and that's usually how it goes. It's not usually like you can discard the ludic aspect of the game because it's a fucking game. <laughs> right. <laughs> it, Yeah. this came up on a Reddit thread where, um, where a Redditor claimed that... Um, Soulsborne games can't have ludonarrative dissonance. Hmm. 
And uh, I don't know. Do you agree or disagree with that uh, in terms of the games that exist? Obviously, I mean, knowns. at a at a glance, I, I guess I would agree because if you stop playing, that your character's hollowed. If you, yeah, you know, like, and what does your character want? Like, you have these very nebulous goals, and we're talking about scales of time of hundreds, thousands plus uh, years. Yeah. So if you join everyone, because everyone else tends to be in sort of a period of stasis in, in these games until you come along, uh, which I guess is another video game trope. But here it sort of makes sense because the, the mean, entire world it, is in stasis. It's a trope, but that's not necessarily a problem. That doesn't create little narrative dissonance. You know, that's uh, that can be uh, tropes are, are not inherently disruptive to the interface between the play and the and the story experience. Yeah. I mean, if you decide to kill a shopkeeper then you you did it whatever your motivation as the player trickles yeah. down to the character like did you want the items did you want well usually the items right um or is it just this malicious whim that you had well then your character could have had the same malicious whim you know by the way malicious whim wolfenstein <laughs> <laughs> i mean if i want my kid to be a super villain sure <laughs> sure sure it's what the world needs these days I like uh, it. I like it. My my counter is that Elden Ring specifically, um, if you choose to roll a female character, almost inherently introduces ludonarrative dissonance because the script is unvarying hmm. and is written to assume a heteronormative dynamic with a lot of the female characters in particular. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and so there is some awkwardness to it, and especially after getting through Lindell. Um, where it's like, oh, you have to sacrifice a maiden, and suddenly you're like, but I'm, I'm a woman. Like, what? <laughs> this is this feels very weird, right? So it's yeah. like I, I have had to shelve a lot of the narrative that Elden Ring has going on. I, some of which I might do anyway, because there's also this like inherently misogynistic aspect to it. Mm -hmm. um, so it's kind of like make your peace with it or don't. But yeah. um, but I've had to approach the game as like, I'm really in here for the gameplay and this construction of the world um, and the mythos unrolling, but not with me as connected to the character in it. Um, but at least as my experience of Dark Souls, Bloodborne and Dark Souls 3 goes, I do actually strongly agree that the way that narrative is communicated and built through those games and how you are positioned it does a really good job. It does an outstanding job of keeping the ludic and narrative elements of the game working together. Yeah. So, you know, obviously I can't speak to Dark Souls 2. Um, obviously it does a terrible job because the control scheme is wonky for players. No, just, just kidding. <laughs> At least and I mean, you Bloodborne click in the cart, stick to jump. Bloodborne, Bloodborne cart is going right. to give us all tremendous ludonarrative dissonance, but, you know. <laughs> I mean, they had steam engines. I mean, it's not too, you know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that project seems to be continuing to slowly develop, and I'm excited. Yeah, yeah same. All uh, right. Cool. Well, with that, I think we'll head to the final feature of the show. It's time for Make My Game. Coming this week from Ancient Hair Entertainment, as in the <laughs> rabbit. Oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> and this... I mean, this is all, this is all, yeah. Dance, dance, Sudoku kid. Oh my God. It's all already there. Oh, we're done. The dance Coming pad. this week from Ancient Bear Entertainment. Yeah. The dance pad is a grid. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, this game definitely cannot be played without a DDR pad, or you can do like a shitty version of it on your keyboard, right? Right. Where you've got like, uh, you know, a three by three portion of the keyboard that you're using for the game. But otherwise, it absolutely um, is is very intentionally biting off, um, you know, DDR as far as interface format. Um, but, you know, you've only got three by three at a time. And I think this is where the game gets interesting. Um that um the sudoku element of it right you've got a, a what is it a, a nine by nine board mm -hmm. total consistent of of multiple three by threes and i mean you're, you're right this does write itself but like it seems like a really cool concept that you're like having to switch um you know on any given level you're gonna have you're, you're ultimately dealing with this larger nine nine by nine grid and and having to kind of traverse it and fill in the different different elements of it and then figure out which grid to flip to next mm -hmm. to to execute um you know your sick moves on uh but like man it could have a really cool puzzle thing where just because you did that set doesn't mean that you got it right you mm -hmm. might have to come back to it but you've gleaned some information uh in the process about what does and doesn't work on the whole uh on the whole grid yeah and i can see different uh three by three elements having different passages of the song. Yeah. As well with maybe a, a building element uh, holistically, but then you, you dive into each little segment. The more you, yeah, complete, and you kind the of figure, you figure out that you maybe did one wrong because the baseline that you constructed yes. on one. Okay. Of them there we go. There isn't are slight quite working. There are slight musical cues. If something isn't quite right. And so it doesn't have to be yeah. a full nine by nine. Like the first level could in fact, just include two three by threes where yeah. you're you're having to co-solve them. I think we're getting rid of numbers too, um, and substituting them mm. for different symbols, um, where uh, you know uh, where they're where they're kind of playful but uh, e equally reasonably interpretable. I mean, don't you need the numbers? No, you just have need... a solvable puzzle. I mean, no. If you think about Sudoku, you could actually substitute all of the numbers out for symbols. The numbers just make it easier because they don't add up or multiply or anything. They just need to not repeat. Okay. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. And that picturing... might make it a little bit easier to traverse from one to the other and understand what you're constructing because yeah. those symbols could help give you clues. And each symbol maybe has its own musical signature as well that gets baked into the... That's kind back. of what I'm thinking. And so yeah. that way it'll help you kind of devise for any given three by three what you're kind of trying to work towards. Yeah. Um. There is one piece of this we haven't kind of, I mean, the kid part, this does literally sound like a real game from Japan, right? Like yeah. definitely a Japanese game, but with the kid at the end. Um, but I do kind of want it to have a, um, there is a, an anime story plot that is completely unnecessary to how the game plays. Mm -hmm. But with like fun, super short cutscenes that come as you're in the middle of doing a solve part. And then it's like, okay, yeah, now let's go. Oh my God, look over there. You know, like, yeah, I think that that would, that would tie it together thematically to end with the word kid. Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah. Dressing it up in, in anime makes, makes total sense. Yeah. And definitely also with these, like, as you get little parts solved, it's like, and then like a quick little dialogue yeah. exchange. Let's go. Yeah. Dang, dude. I mean, oh, I wish this, this 
I wish we could spend more time on this design, but we can't. There's nothing else. There's nothing right. else meaningful to say. We just have to make it, I guess. I it's literally I, I've always felt weird about DDR, but I think that if this if it was like this, I would want to play it more. Yeah. My only tweak would be dance dance pseudo kid, like pseudo oh, pseudo kid. Kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does pseudo mean something in Japanese? I don't know. Yeah, neither do I. This happens when you have games podcasts where, like, actually, apart from specific edges of games, Japanese culture, you, both of your hosts, like, know jack shit about Japanese or Japanese culture. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we should, maybe we'll do a, a, a remote someday in, in Tokyo. The Tokyo that would game be amazing. Show. That would be pretty fantastic. It might have to involve some video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, cool. Well, this uh, week's Make My Game from Ancient Hair Entertainment is Dance Dance Pseudo Kid. Um, bringing us to the final bit of the show, the goodbyes. And Moses, uh, any final thoughts from you this week? Um, I mean, I guess I would just throw this out there that um, if any of our listeners uh, have in fact not played Disco Elysium, um, I'm definitely planning on getting some in. Uh, Likewise, same goes for I will almost certainly be uh, getting to the point of, of actually ranking Titanfall 2. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, if you happen to be kind of keeping up with this podcast and you're at this episode and you want a preview of, um, you know, things you might want to play that will certainly be spoiled in the next episode, uh, I would recommend uh, either of those games since uh, Paul has certainly uh, certainly played Disco Elysium. And um, I don't know, you might even dip into Titanfall too with my glowing yeah. review. We'll have to see. Yeah. And um, uh, and yeah, that, uh, oh, I, I will say in spite of the fact that it's much more powerful in Titanfall 2, I still hate the L-Star. Terrible fucking gun. Oh, yeah. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all kinds of little Easter eggs for you there is a long time. Apex oh, my player. God. There's an R, uh, R88, which is like the R99 is the Apex gun that, as they say, go burr. Um, okay. It's um uh SMG and um and yeah, it's delightful. Like the artillery, you know, the the array of artillery is all familiar to me. Mm -hmm. Um and it but of course it's a single player campaign mode. Everything is much more powerful. So yeah. it's like it's it's pretty sweet. It's pretty sweet. Um and uh and yes, the the R eighty eight, much like the ninety nine, do go burr. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> Uh, well, thanks to uh, everyone out there for listening to this week's episode of Paul and Moses Play. If you have a question, a comment, or a suggestion, you can email us at paulandmosesplay at gmail.com. We'll see you next week. And until then, never, never stop, stop playing! playing.